This episode deals with the inappropriateness of racial invectives and contains coarse racial slurs. Viewer discretion is advised. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. We should thank our lucky stars. They're still putting on a program of this caliber after so many years. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, they're gonna see some serious shit. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. It's your weekly dose of all things geeky. Class is pain 101. The instructor's Casey Jones. Movie. Comic book. Movies based on comic books. Excelsior! Video games, toys, TV shows. More croissant! Pro wrestling. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> All the things you got made fun of for in high school. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? So grab your action figures, bag and board those comics, and roll for initiative. It's time to... Talk nerdy to me. It is Wednesday, so you know what that means. It is time for an all-new... It's still got the new episode smell on it, and it's going to lose 30% of its value when you drive it off the lot. An all-new episode of Talk Nerdy to Me. Uh, as a cost-cutting measure, I think we can say this now, because you know everybody's feeling some, some uh, 2018 budget crunches. Uh, we're presenting this episode in black and white. Uh, so if you notice that it lo- it's a little different, that's why. Um, so there you go. Uh, all new episode, August the 15th. If you are a Patreon supporter or you're listening live for the next, including this week, three weeks. I am your host. One of your hosts is the 1995 Blockbuster World Video Game Championship store oh, champion, Captain the host Chris. The I mean... I guess um, the 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 host with the most. Um, um, I'm gonna be nice uh, to myself. Um, something or other. I'm Captain Chris to my left. I had nothing on that one. I don't know. Um, the host with the most. I mean the most. He's the sugar on your toast. Oh wow, you made that rhyme and that was nice. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank and you. And I won't tell you where that's from either. I'll let you think I made it up. You shouldn't. I, I appreciate it. I I think that you spent <laughs> like weeks writing that down just for me. I really want to feel like I really wanted to be like a powdered toast man reference. But I know it's not. All but. nine hours at work today, coming up with that yet. Yeah, man. Oh, can I can I uh, keep the red and stimpy going? Yes. Absolutely. What Rolls down the stairs, alone or in pairs. Rolls over your neighbor's dog. Go run. What, what sits on your back? Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's fit for a snack, made for a snack, something for a snack. It's Koran, Koran, Koran to my left. Hey. Oh hi guys. Hey. Did you miss me? Did, did you miss me? Uh, only when I throw things at you is the only time I gone? miss you. Oh. Wow. Who needs a soundboard? I know, right? We're our own soundboard. 
More like that dude from uh, the Police Academy movies. Uh, you mean, uh, is his name Michael Winslow? Yes. I believe so. Actually. Right? Oh, good not pull. Carl Winslow, like no. I kept wanting to say. Like that, <laughs> that's not right. Michael Winslow from the Police Academy. Uh, Mahoney. Uh, no. 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 Yeah, that was, uh... Damn, I think I remember names now. Which one, quiet. which one was Hightower? Hightower's the big black guy. Yeah, other one. Not Tackleberry. No, no, Tackleberry. What? What about Crunchberry, though? Ooh, Captain Crunchberry. <laughs> what about Dingleberry? <laughs> no, no, different Ooh. show. Di- oh, different. Different show? What show are you that's, watching? That, that, that's our Talk Dirty to Me show that <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah, that's Talk Nerd to Me After Dark. You can hear the story of Dingleberry as part of the Talk Nerdy to Me Live. Uh, thank you for being a friend with benefits to it. And you can't. There's no Dingleberry story that I know of. Someone might have a Dingleberry. It's okay. Someone might have a Dingleberry story. I don't know. I don't write them all. To my right, still, I, we took a vote. It's unanimous. And I should have put that on the new survey. That's up today on our Facebook page. Who has the best beard on the show? But we know the answer already. I don't need to. We don't need to quiz people about it because we know who has the best beard on this entire podcast. It's Obi John. Hello there. See, and um, as we learned over the weekend, um, other people love each other more than your wife loves you. Uh, <laughs> We learned that. Thanks for bringing that up again. <laughs> we learned that over the weekend. I'm gonna stand uh, up and walk out again. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say anything, but it was funny. Uh, together, incredibly rude, but really. Funny. <laughs> oh. Together we are talk nerdy to me. New, like I said, uh, the talk nerdy to me end of summer survey is up on our Facebook page. Uh, It's the pinned post on top of our Facebook page. So do us a favor and go and fill that out. Uh, It is the estimated time to complete it, according to our friends at SurveyMonkey, is less than three minutes. Uh, There's a couple open-ended questions. Um, You know, there's uh, some repeat questions that we did last year, like, um, you know, who's your favorite guest host? Um, please rank the hosts in order of your preference just because we think that's funny. Um, But some of the answers to some of those questions actually do help us in in, in the future of the show. So your answers to those questions are greatly appreciated. Uh, Be honest. And uh, as a special, if you take the survey before September 1st, we are going to be drawing a couple people. If you, th- There's an option at the end. If you want to be entered into the contest, uh, leave your name. If you don't, obviously don't worry about it. Um, we will be drawing for, if you're not a Patreon supporter, you will get the uh, $1 per episode pledge, which is the filthy casual level on our Patreon page. Uh, for one month so you can get um, you know our our, when we move over to mostly patreon on september 5th it's perfect timing so you'll get full episodes you'll get all the live streams you'll get 
uh, bonus content. You'll get downloadable MP3s, your own RSS feed, all of the stuff that comes along with the $1 per episode pledge. You'll get it for free for a month, so you can't beat that. And all you got to do is give us less than three minutes of your time and take, I think it's like nine questions. And one of them is, do you have any other questions or comments? And you can skip that one. Um, of course, we would prefer if you give us all the feedback that you want, but it's there. So take it. We would be appreciative. And you have the chance to win some free stuff. It's better than that, free right? Stuff. Right? It's the best kind of stuff. Well, aside from butt stuff. Well, yeah. Imagine if you got That's free butt too. stuff. Yeah. Well, no, you pay for butt stuff. You, you might not know it, but you pay for it. Might not be with money. You pay for it. <laughs> Just think about that. So, um, so yeah, uh, take Ew. our survey. It's the Talk Nerdy to Me end of summer survey. We would appreciate it. You can... Uh, have the potential to win a Patreon subscription for a month because starting with the September 5th episode, that is three weeks from tonight. Three weeks from right now. If you're listening to this in... How many weeks? Three. But if you're not listening live... Is it two weeks? No. Is it four weeks? No. Is it three weeks? Yes. Okay. Exactly three weeks. Now, if you're listening not on the live stream, if you're listening later on, like through iTunes or... Um, some other podcast, yeah, or whatever other crap we're on. Um, it's less than three weeks now because you know the live stream's over. So, at the time of this recording, Dick Cheney's alive, and <laughs> there's only three weeks left until you don't get every episode. You're not going to get all of every episode. You're going to get every episode, but you're going to get ready for me to use a five dollar college word. You're going to get a truncated version of the show. You're only going to get part Ooh. of it. Right? You're gonna education's get, paying off for you, man. Not really, but <laughs> you're going to get part of every episode. You're only going to get the first part, and we're going to go through. We're making no... We're not trying to blow smoke up your ass. We're going to pick the good stuff and put it for the Patreon supporters. So you're going to get either the first hour or the first topic, topic and a half. We might just cut a topic right in half and just say, you know, right now, if you want to hear the rest of it, got to go to Patreon. And all support levels... We'll unlock full episodes of each episode. We'll unlock the full version of each episode. So don't feel like you have to get the uh, the ten dollar nerd god level. Um, I don't you know don't if you have to. No, you can. Yeah, they yeah. Want. Some have you guys like to give more? They do. And we like to encourage that. And we love them more. That's just how it is. For um, some people, eleven pieces of flair is fine. For yeah. others, they like to wear more. Mm-hmm. We like to encourage that. Yeah, then just make it thirty-one goddamn pieces of flair, John. Just all of it. Just make it thirty-one pieces of flair. Do all of it. Have you guys? Uh, shenanigans, okay. Have you? Uh, <laughs> have you seen our levels? By the way, on our uh, we we offer different levels for people. We have the filthy casual level for a dollar. Uh, we have the pretty nerdy level for $2, and that gets you uh, the pre-show, which t- this week's pre-show was a half hour. You know we have over 50 hours of pre-shows? 50 hours? That's a lot, man. Um, $5 is the super nerdy level, which gives you your uh, monthly Patreon-exclusive Q&A. Um, you also get uh, entered into a monthly drawing where you can... Uh, uh, we're going to call you on one of our shows... Just to say hey, just to say thank you. Um, 
for the $10 an episode, you get all of that stuff and you get the uh, the opportunity to join us on a pre-show. And we can talk about whatever you want on the pre-show. Anything goes on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about other podcasts I hate by name. I'll do it. And there's a lot, and then there's not a lot of them. There's a couple of them, but I'll we'll talk, talk about people that we hate by name. Oh, I will. I will flat out call out people that I hate by name. It's been done. It'll be done again. And who's, most likely, if you want to be in on it, you can be. Who's been done? It's done, been done? Done, been done, baby. Right, I'll shit on the floor. Um. <laughs> so with that, guys, I, I, I'm in a weird mood tonight because I'm I feel like I'm somewhere else I feel like I'm in a totally different state right now and it's not from all the drugs that I that I've taken I feel like I'm in the state of confusion are you sure it's not from drugs it's part of it is probably drugs I'm gonna go ahead and be honest part of it is probably the massive amount of drugs are you just confused or dazed and confused no I'm not dazed not okay. dazed, but I'm totally confused, and I'm hoping that you guys, you guys can can help me out and and clear out my confusion. And because I'm I'm conf- I'm confused about something that you guys know a lot about, and sometimes well, we you see Chris when a man loves a woman very very much, and that woman loves another. Oh, that's not what you're. Oh, oh no, I, no, I have a Never premium Pornhub subscription. I know. And all of them love a goat. Yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. Their frat gets banned from yeah. Hell! Oh, God. I have to clap for that. Was it, what, what was that one? Was it? Leaving on a high note. What was, what was that, uh, what was that fraternity? Um, I forgot. Was it Alpha Gamma Rho? <laughs> I don't know. That might have been. I don't know if I was. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. But I wanted to make the goat sound. It's the. They're not there anymore, Fred. Yeah, they're definitely not. It's, I thought mean, you were gonna make it a, a bat to joke oh, no. instead of beta. No, it's uh, it's them and the swim team. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we we have a thing on the show. We have a feature on the show sometimes called "Explain It to Me," and that is. Because the beautiful part about this show is we're all kind of nerdy in our own different ways, and there's some overlap, but there's some things that some of us are super nerdy about or know a lot about that others of us don't. And this is one of those times where you guys are nerdy about something that I have no idea about, and I'm hoping you can explain it to me. Okay, what it's like to be over six foot tall. We got yes, you, man. I have no idea. What's it like to be able to pick things off the top shelf without <laughs> asking for assistance or climbing on anything? Explain like it to me. What's it like? See, now there are some topics that we can't talk about. Like, what's it? Uh, explain it to me. What it feels like when the McDonald's ice cream machine is working? Because no one knows. <laughs> we can't explain that because nobody knows what that is. But there are some things inside nerd universes that we can explain. And I've got two words and a. It's not a punctuation mark, but it's a a a special symbol for you guys that maybe you can explain it to me. Dungeons, ampersand, dragons. And I don't know, because here's the thing. Symbol. Symbol was the word you were looking Symbol? for, by the way. Special character, whatever. Why not? I, I wanted to use terms that could also describe us. Special characters. Um, 
A long time ago, in a galaxy close, close to here, there it is. This, this galaxy, as a matter of fact, in a snowy state called Almost Canada, sometimes called Maine, I played a game called Hero Quest. And I know you're thinking, what does that have to do with anything? Hero Quest was a game. It was like a t- it was a tabletop game, and you played as one of four classes. There was a barbarian, there was a dwarf, there was a wizard, and there was a gosh, I want to say mage or elf or something. I don't know. There was a fourth one. I didn't like that one, so I never played as him. I was always the barbarian because he looked like a badass, and that's something that I'm not. So always play against character. So. It was one of these games where, like, you're in a dungeon and somebody would set up the story and kind of flip stuff, like, flip tiles over, and you had stats that you had to keep track of, and I'm hoping this sounds kind of familiar to something. Um, It was kind of like a gateway to Dungeons & Dragons, and I never fully... Get ready for this. Get ready for to isolate this soundbite because I have a feeling this is going to get used against me a lot. I never fully made the transition to Dungeons & Dragons. I kind of like I played Hero Quest for a while and then loved it, but I never made like the full jump to Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm hoping because Dungeons and Dragons always to me was just like that one thing that was like, okay, I'm a nerd, but like that's in a level by itself. Like that ain't me. So Can you guys let me, explain let me... Dungeons and Dragons and the appeal of it to me, please? Let me let me put this out there and see what exactly we're working with. So, have you ever played any form or version of D and D? Are you is this the thing where you just don't quite understand the appeal of it, or uh, uh, like you literally have no experience with it? Like, what's your, what's your, what, are, what are we working with? Yeah, like I've never, I've never played it. I've never played any okay. version of it. I've never played okay. any of like the. I've played enough of. I haven't really like played, but like I've done some like scenario building stuff with a few like spin-off kind of things like the Ghostbusters role-playing game. Okay. But I've never like sat down with a story with a dungeon master and or whatever and like whoever the you know master like gameplay chief executive officer is um and like i've never like played through a campaign or a mission or a what have you um with like a character sheet and whatever like never done anything like that mostly because i have absolutely no idea what the appeal of it is okay uh so that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at is like like D and D, really? Ugh, like, why though? Why? Why? Why is it such a big deal? Okay. Like, why do people love it so much? I don't. I don't Karan, get it. Karan, I know you play more than I do. Do you want to go first? Well, I was going to say, that, I think one of the big things is, I think like a lot of people can walk into a comic shop, a bookstore, or whatever, and be like, yeah, I want to. I kind of want to get into D and D, and then you get into the section with the books, and it's just so fucking overwhelming because there are different books about characters monsters and then you have like the books with stories and stuff in them and or the best comparison i can make to seeing a D character sheet for the first time is like flaming and do you remember like because we both worked in pharmacies 
Do you remember the first time you had to, like, you saw the data input screen when you were going to type a prescription? And you're just like, there are, like, 900 boxes, and all I have in front of me is a sheet that has, like, the date and the prescription on it, and I don't know what the fuck I need to do with the other 900 boxes here. Yeah, like, trying to take the prescription to, like, actually, like, type in the, the shorthands to yeah. uh, put in what's on the label, like, mm -hmm. to what comes out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, horrifying so because, for me. And you know, you see a D and D sheet, and it's like class stat, and you've got like all these other things. It's like, what do you have advantage in? What are you like disadvantaged in? Um, like the 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 crazy thing is, D and D has honestly never been easier to play than it is now. They, I can think of like there are two or three apps that have character creator sheet or like that will literally build your character and even they will even roll fake dice for you if you want them to. Um, and I'm trying to think like D and D beyond, which is an official, I don't know who the hell actually does dungeons and dragons or like what the name of the company is. Mouth like breathers coast. incorporated. Oh yeah. Wizards of the coast. Wizards of the coast. Uh, it's, it's officially sponsored like by them and it's, um, like, and if you log into D&D Beyond through your Twitch account, it gives you free access to their character builder. So I know plenty of people that have, like, literally just made a Twitch account to just be like, all right, I can go to this D&D Beyond thing now. And it will literally, like, walk you step by step through your character and, like, your feats, your classes, your weapons, your starting gear, washer and repeat. Um the thing I think that is the most absolute important thing in D&D, though, is a good uh, DM, like a good person to run your game for you. I tried D&D before, like in, I want to say like 2006, and it didn't really stick. I tried it again like 2010 and 11, and it was kind of like, okay. But both times the thing was it was just like I had a DM who was just kind of like, the second time it was a very, I've done this before, I know what I'm doing, you know, just, 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 just trust me here, follow my lead and everything will be fine, which is a pain in the ass because none of us had ever played D&D before. So, you know, we had questions, we had stuff we wanted to do and, you know, we had a bunch of questions about it. Then in 2014, when I started playing and I play, I don't know, every week or two at this point now, um, and it's very like... Uh, you know, the DM we have, it was his first time running a game. We started on fourth edition, which I know is kind of like looked down upon by a lot of like the D&D &D and tabletop community. But it was a good starting point for a bunch of people who have never played D&D &D before because it takes like a lot of that. It takes a lot of the like thinking work out of it, which kind of worked at first, but I don't think I could go back to now. So it's been with well, a big help has been having a DM who's grown and like much this is gonna sound weird grown and matured in the game as the rest of us have as players so uh but i mean honestly just one of those things you are as someone like you who's creative and outgoing and i'm trying to think about the word uh like or the, handsome you know no, sexy when you, to, when you get to talking about something you get very descriptive um like, that's why D&D &D would be up your alley, because it's, you know, you walk into a bar and there's no limit to what you can't do. If the rest of your party wants to go sit down and you just decide to walk up and stab the bartender in the face, 
you can. It's going to fuck with the rest of your game and probably cause you some issues, but you can do it. Like, I've... <laughs> well, legitimately, I, my character, I have started fistfights with other people in my party. Well, uh, I, and, and part of part of that, like, to me, that's kind of like a... I don't like any of the, like... I, I had Grand Theft Auto Five for, like, a week, mm-hmm. and then I was like... I need structure. Like I need, I need it to tell me what to do because I feel like I have too much freedom in it. But you play Fallout. But I, but I do the main story and any side quests that I get along the way, and then I'm done. Like I don't, I'm not the guy that just like explores the wasteland. Like I will look up in the, uh, like I'll search on the internet. Literally, I go, how do you find the dog in Fallout? Whatever. And then I go do that, and then I have the dog with me, and then I just do, like, I literally do the main story quest, and then if I run into any side quests along the way, like whichever side quests, I do those, and then I'm like, I'm done with this game, pretty much. Because I see that open map, and I see, like, the one-third of it that I've explored, and then I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's out there, and I feel like I'm going to waste a whole lot of time trying to find stuff, and it's not giving me a whole lot of direction. I'm not very good at being self-reliant like that. Come on, come on, tag me in, tag me in. <laughs> Hot tag to John? <laughs> Hot tag express! Wait, wait, his hand wasn't going the right way. Hold on, hold on. No, you have to flip your hand up, that oh, means sorry, I can tag sorry, you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah, to flip it over. Um... This is how I just so I, I had a, a guy I work with. Um, shout out to Andrew, who will, will never listen to this unless he's listening at work, in which he should stop listening and go back to work. Yeah, um, Andrew, go back to work, lady yeah. ass. Uh, Sky Cox hooked me up with PDFs of a bunch of D and D manuals, uh, and I I go ahead and met this on air. I went ahead and printed them out at work because I didn't want to waste my own paper. Um, mm-hmm. And while I was doing that, Andrew kind of got interested, in, and you know, he was looking at the, the manuals and stuff and was like, okay, I've, I've never done this before. John, what's 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 the deal with D&D? Basically asking what you are now, which is like, pitch me D&D. Why is this a thing to waste time and money on? And to Andrew, I explained it this way, and I think it will work for you, is, is – me, the appeal of D and D is is threefold. Number one, it's the idea of uh, group storytelling. Um, your party and your DM are creating a story. Um, obviously, the DM has more of a framework than the the people in your party do, because the people in the party are sort of exploring and, and discovering the story as you play. But it is every single member of your party can affect the flow of the story, can affect the narrative, can affect what happens next. Um, the DM can only do so much. They can lead you to a door. They can't make you open it. Um, yep. Which is part of the fun of, of being a DM. Uh, I would assume I've never been one. Is crafting a story that's detailed enough to keep your players interested and, and to keep them informed of what's going on, but also account for characters just going off and doing their own thing. Uh, um, so... Freedom within uh, so the group storytelling is really interesting because everyone contributes to that story. Everyone can kind of craft their own story with it and, and shape it, and that's fun, uh, especially if you have a group of people that you're 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 close with. Uh, I wouldn't play it with strangers. Yeah, um, that, that was gonna be my thing. Is the the other important the 
other most important part is like a group of people you enjoy spending time with and uh, you, you like talking to. So, and, Sorry, go and ahead. also, no, no, you're fine. Um, a group of people who are really willing to commit to their character. Uh, Cause that's the other really fun part of D and D. And I know that's the part Andrew loved is I think Andrew's already made like five characters and has yet to play a campaign at all. Um, but <laughs> it, it, the, the character generation is really fun and you can, you can get as detailed with it as you want, or you can just roll your stats and randomly, you can r- literally roll every stat and randomly create a character. Um, but finding people who are committed to that character uh, and play in character, not just them playing the game, but play as that character. The the group I played with uh, was a bunch of people from Florida. So we played through um, a site called Roll20, which is a really fun online um, D&D program. Uh, so we can all basically Skype in and talk to each other, but then we're all looking at the same board. Um, anyway. That was a really fun group because everyone was committed to their character type to the point where um, I was the ranger and I, me and the, the um, Oscar, the guy playing as the rogue, would go off on, on random tangents um, because their character personalities matched. So, like, the party would all go to sleep um, and, you know, earlier in the campaign we would have encountered um, uh, somebody and we would then decide, okay, well, the party's asleep. We're going to wake up and go rob those guys because that's what we would do. Uh, and more than once, we almost got the entire party killed because we were dicking around. But, again, group storytelling, everyone gets to kind of craft their own character and play that character how they want to. And that can be really, really fun, especially if uh, you're playing a character that is against type for you. Uh, it kind of lets you get out of your comfort zone and, and play um, or, or to... So you can either get out of your comfort zone uh, and play something different than you would ever be, or it can kind of be like wish, you know, fantasy fulfillment. Like you said, you want to play as the big seven-foot-tall, muscle-bound Arnold Schwarzenegger barbarian, you can be that guy. Hello. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so the char- the decision that character would make isn't necessarily the one that, that you would make, uh, but that's part of the fun of it. Um, so group storytelling, uh, getting into character, um, it's freedom within a framework, which is, I think, what you're getting at which is you like to be able to make your own decisions and you like to be able to sort of water down your own rabbit hole for a little bit but you don't want to be overwhelmed by okay here's a world go find something to do like you need some guidance you need to point you in a direction to, to get, at least get you started on your journey and that's where like uh Koran said a really good dm is going to help is is setting up enough of the narrative um to get you started and then kind of setting up um places you could visit um but not necessarily forcing you to do so and that's that's a trick um but when it's pulled off uh properly it's really really fun uh, as you as your group kind of building your own story uh and creating your own world from the small context you're given by your dm um so it, it gives you enough of a structure um, you know you're going to go on some kind of quest. You're going to be looking for a thing. You're going to fight monsters. Like That's all kind of inherently built into it. Um, it's just the the fluff, as Commander Scott would say, is going to be different for every campaign. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where it gets fun. You know, talking about uh, you can go one way and you can go a certain way and do one thing and then completely different. I have like two small stories about that. Uh, in, the very, in, in the first campaign... Uh, Ken ran, you know, Ken, hi. Uh, 
he had all these ability checks set up for like how he thought we were going to try and handle this one room because one of our guys had been kidnapped and, you know, he had these ropes set up and all this stuff. And instead of doing anything, how he thought we would do, we went ahead and just set off the alarm and then tied the rope to the door. So we basically funneled the guys in through one room and fought them all that way. And he's like, I had an entire like sheet made up of shit. You guys were going to have to go through to rescue him. Instead, you just slaughtered everyone. <laughs> and then uh, the second time, and I think uh, I may have told you guys about this before we were in like a frozen cavern and we like find this hidden room behind a bookshelf. And it turns out there's a lich there, which a lich is basically a walking, talking skeleton, but it doesn't have a long attention span. And for some reason, they decided to let the barbarian with a six in intelligence do the talking. No, that doesn't so sound I good. rolled. Yeah. So I rolled and convinced this lich that we were ham salesmen. And just, like, kept going with it. And he was like, ah, the ham for the party later. Which led us to be like, what kind of party are you having? What's going on? And it just happened to be one of those things that just, as dumb as it was, went well for our group. So. Yeah, and every every campaign is going to have stories like that where you know, the DM, like I said, they can lead you to the door they can't make you open it. Uh, and that's where sort of the fun comes in is is you can see there's a path set out for you, but it's your choice if you want to follow that or if you want to go and make your own path. And that's part of the fun. It's 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 not something you can do by yourself. You need a good group. And that is the one big limitation on, on proper D&D is you've got to have a group of people who are committed to their character and are committed to regular meetups. Um, because campaigns can take a while. You can play for four hours and not really get a whole lot done, um, depending how much people dick around. But getting a good group that that, uh, uh, is all dedicated to playing, dedicated to their character, it's really, really fun. It's a good time. Um, To me, there's an aspect of it, of of the old school um, 70s and 80s nerdiness back before we had fallout or witcher or or um uh, elder scrolls or skyrim or any of that kind of stuff that all of those games are just D sims the only difference is they do the math for you i do um, like that hitting, yeah you're, you're hitting x y and whatever instead of rolling a d20 uh that's the only difference um and and again something D&D has that still most of those games don't is the community aspect of it. It's, it's not just you on a lone quest for whatever vengeance or justice or what tomfoolery. Uh, it's a, it's a group. Um, and, and everyone in the group can affect the story in ways that you might not have seen coming, but end up being really fun. And that's one thing I will give D&D over any, uh, video game RPG is the, the group communal aspect. Um, well, I do enjoy the fact that a video game or, you know, a, a, a game version will make it so that I don't have to explain to somebody that three is a factor of itself. Um, 
Um, that was literally a joke for two. That's a joke for two people. Yeah, that was a joke for two, uh, and I'm okay with that. Um, (laughs) Sometimes I like to just do a show for two, and it's a Gen Con story of having to explain to somebody that three is a factor of itself, and it took about uh, way too long. Way longer than it should have. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm not... The other thing is, here's the other thing, is the time commitment. Mm-hmm. Is that every time I, I would have been like, hey, you know, maybe it's something that I might want to give a shot. It, it Like, the attitude is kind of, well, are you ready to do an 80-hour campaign and meet for, like, six months to maybe do, like, one chapter? And I'm like, yeah, no. That's that's think, not a thing. Yeah. Again, that's where your DM is going to make all the difference, uh, is, is tailoring a campaign, knowing who's playing and tailoring the campaign to those players. Um, that is the difference between having a great time and slogging it out, uh, is, is how well has the DM crafted the story for who you are. And that's where, you know, um, I would propose this. Because we can sit here all night and talk about our experiences with D&D and why we think it's fun. But the best way to show you why we like D&D is, is, is to play it. You know what I would like to see? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a proposal right now. Yeah, uh, I think well, we have the same proposal. Well, I know, I know. I was gonna say, I know you're, uh, you have a proposal as well, and I feel like I just completely stole your thunder. But I feel like there needs to be. A talk nerdy to me D and D video of some kind. Did I read your mind? Yes, you did. Yeah, I love it when we're on the same page. Now take your pants back off. Anyway, uh, no, it's so like they were ever proposing. on. Here's what I'm proposing. Okay. Um, between now and uh, I, I don't know, um, Scarefest, Scarycon. Okay. Uh, I'll send you the PDFs. Okay. Everybody make a character, and okay. we will talk Commander Cox into DMing. Commander a, Scott. Sorry. Command, I'll call him whatever I want to. <laughs> uh, Commander uh, Cox and not. To, yeah, uh, Coxinator. Welcome back, craft, Coxer. To craft a, a, a small campaign, and we'll just we'll just do it. And you can decide then if you love it or hate it or me. I want to craft my character based on Rowdy Roddy Piper's appearance in the movie They Live. You can absolutely do that. Um, I also want to make um, a... Okay, I'm going to save this for after this topic because this is a... uh, Remind me that I have something to say after this topic before we go to the next topic. But uh, I accept your proposal. And I think that would make for great video content to, to add to despite the fact that Adam Green hates the term content. Um, Welcome. Yeah, he sucks. Hatchet 2 and 3 are terrible. I haven't seen 4, so I can't comment on it. But you're out of touch, old man. Your boy Q is in it. so I know. I want to give it a shot, but I don't know. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm willing to. I'm open-minded enough to give it a shot. Uh, I will go ahead and warn you that it does kind of worry me that Commander Scott would be the DM because sometimes he does get lost in the details. 
you you want that with D and D. I'm I'm apprehensive mostly because if we're trying to do like a a taste of, you know that I get frustrated easily sometimes. No, no, I, I if I spend ten minutes telling you that three is a factor of it, it's fucking self. He'll be good, um, and I will make sure he understands the purpose behind this. That we're not just trying to start a full campaign. No, we're, we're not. just trying to give you a taste of it, and and I think he'll craft a scenario that will okay. get us moving quickly, yeah. so you can get to the fun parts of D and D. I I think it'll be really fun. Um, I really want to be there when you make your character. So maybe it's it's uh, it's Carrie Con. We'll make your character. That, that is that is really really fun. Okay. See, I wish that he was going to be at Conapalooza because then we could do it yeah. then. Um, yeah. But that's okay. We'll we'll get there and we'll, um, we'll tell Julian as a character. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, see, if if we were doing this at ScaryCon, like if we were running the campaign at ScaryCon, mm-hmm. we could do a uh, crafting the character video series. We can absolutely do that at ScaryCon. Um, if you want. We will have lots of downtime. Okay. Well, then... Uh, and we'll be stuck at that booth for a while, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we might do a... We'll talk about it off air. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll talk about We'll iron out the details, but you you will see a talk nerdy to me. I really hope he writes a scenario based on Koran's story. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> No. Go around. You must roll a 16 or above to squeeze through the jail cell bars. No. And get Would that your be freedom. dexterity? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Rubber band. Stealth, maybe? Yeah, stealth. <laughs> there you go. Stealth check. Yeah, yeah well, I, I appreciate you guys uh, explaining it to me, and I know it's one of those things that it's, it is very much a, you kind of just have to do it in order to get it. Um, and I feel like I kind of at least have a little bit of introduction to it based on um if you haven't if you haven't ever googled or wikipedia uh hero quest I think it was called hero quest now I'm going to look it up yeah, um right. yeah it's a it's a great game um and yeah it was a board game uh when when did when when did it come out? Uh, it was oh dice roll. It doesn't even give a year. Nineteen eighty nine. Um, it was released in America and Canada in nineteen ninety. Um, so it was it was you know way back in the day, and that was when I was like super into those uh, Dragon Lance books. I was such a nerd. Uh, was yeah, I know. Um, at least now, well yeah, I got nothing. Um, so I at least you know a little bit am into kind of. Like, I have a little bit of a, in my, my younger days, like a little bit of foundation. I read a thousand-page Dragonlance book when I was a kid. It was awesome. I I understood about two-thirds of it. I don't really, I don't really know. But, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm open to give it a shot. Uh, the closest I've ever come is uh, I looked at a character sheet for some Fallout game that Hubs was going to try and get together. Uh, producer to the stars, Matt Hubs. Uh, and I literally took the picture of Rowdy Roddy Piper from They Live as my character, uh, and I started to fill out the sheet, stopped, and then the game never happened. So Okay, so you're going to be a human yeah. fighter. Got it. <laughs> drifter. Is Drifter a class? I think we can find something close to that. Traits. Uh, gains plus two something when sleeping on a train. 
You got to put the glasses on to get your wisdom. Oh yeah, the glasses are uh, plus something. And then uh, what's the what's the chainmail of fertility or virginity or the plus ten chainmail of fertility? <laughs> yes, that's the one. It only works if you craft it's your a own. Show for two again. It is. We do that sometimes. We get if you want to understand some of these stories, and uh, you you know you want to get a better you know behind the scenes knowledge. Join us as the Talk Nerdy to Me Live as part of the Thank You for Being a Friend with Benefits Tour. Coming soon to a town nearish you. <laughs> and I also want to throw out, by the way, if you have a, if, if there's a venue that you think would be a great place for us to stop, uh, shoot us some contact uh, information. Shoot us a website or something because I would love to add some more dates uh, to our Thank You for Being a Friend with Benefits Tour. The truck stop off 65. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, trust me. I've already drilled the glory holes in that one. <laughs> I've already okay, just been what, Now, what did you want to say when we were done with that topic before I started the next one? Okay, because uh, remember a couple weeks ago when we did, uh, or last week or whenever, when it was uh, we took a big dump on Toby Hooper? Yes. Yeah, well, I have, I have a pitch for the uh-uh. flip side. Okay. Um, and I know we should talk about this off air, but I really don't. I don't know. Whatever. Please uh, well, eat it up now. I know, right? Uh, the flip side is how freaking underrated and impressive and unstoppable was uh, 1980s John Carpenter. Put a pin in that. All right. Oh, God, yeah. Write Put it on the list. Go, uh, Ron. The flip side. Three weeks in the waiting. Yeah. Poised and ready. Stalking like a lion in the plains of Africa. Pounce on your prey, my friend. And and goddamn, it's not going to be the only time you hear me say that. Uh, It's not going to be the only time you hear me use that phrase or statement or word uh, in this topic. So, And I pitched this a few weeks ago, and I pitched it to, uh, to Flanagan. And it was the... Um... Like, you know, you, you, you're on the hype train, you're super stoked, you're enjoying the fuck out of a game, or you're really excited for a game, or your friends have all told you about how great this game is, and then you play it. And it might just be, like, one little thing that just kind of, like, takes you out of the moment, and it might just be, and it, you know, it could just be a massively disappointing game overall, and it could just be an awesome game that didn't give you what you were expecting out of it. Um, but like, what are some of the biggest like gaming disappointments and letdowns are what I want to touch on. And I have like, I have one that's a really hot take. Um, but like, other than that, uh, you know, I've got, I've got three I really wanted to touch on. So I have a video game and a board game because I didn't know which way we were going to go with this. So either way, they both work. I have three as well. Okay. Koran, start us out. I'm going to go with a hot take first. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get it out of the way. Like my takes, um, like I like my pockets. Hot. I was like. Hit me I'm with it. Hu- I'm a huge Legend of Zelda fan. I, I have been since I was six years old and played um, Link to the Past for the first time. Uh, the second greatest Zelda game ever. <laughs> the, the best Zelda yeah. and one of the best games ever made. Hey, hey, if you two knuckleheads could ever get your shit together, we could solve that once and for all. 
Hey, as soon as I find what notepad, I have it all written down, and I'm game. 2016 called and is waiting for its episode. <laughs> keep, no, keep, keep going back, man. Keep going back. Well, was it November of 2015? Yeah. God, uh, you slackers. Right. So, you know, I was I, I was stoked as fuck when Breath of the Wild was announced. It, you know, it's a Switch launch title. I think it's like the third... No, it's the, the but it's like the second time they've launched a system with a Zelda game because they launched the Wii with Twilight Princess, and Twilight Princess is awesome. So you know I'm like stoked, and then I started playing Breath of the Wild, and all I could think of is like, when did Zelda become a fucking Elder Scrolls knockoff? Like, and you know they they've said that's the way they're taking Zelda now. That that's it. it it's. It's not a Legend of Zelda game to me. It's like, yeah. Do you guys remember like Puzzle Fighter, which yeah, is basically like Tetris mi- mixed with Street Fighter? Street Fighter. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is like Elder Scrolls and Zelda, but it's mostly Elder Scrolls. Like you know, it's a Zelda game, and my weapons are breaking. It's a Zelda game, and I'm having to like make food and. You know, Plus, because you didn't go through the subquest to get the giant's tier to fix the giant dagger to. Oh no, no I did not that. that game. Wrong game. No, sorry. No. Wrong game. Wrong game. But I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like I'm picking up a rusty sword that breaks after I've got it. There are no like true like legend. There, there's no like actual dungeon dungeon in the game. Uh, honestly, it turned like it turned me off so much. I think I played like I don't know ten hours of it. And was just like, I'm not going to keep doing this. I don't see how you could do something you didn't like for 10 hours. Uh, oh, it's also worth noting that about three of that is the goddamn intro. Mm. But yeah, it's just Breath of the Wild is Elder Scrolls cosplay. Fight me. But I don't want to fight you. No, you don't have to. You'd kill me. That's probably true. Yeah. They'd send me home in six Ziploc freezer bags. The small ones. Yeah, oh yeah, the tiny ones, not the gallons. (laughs) Like the sandwich bags. You'd keep nicely. I would, though. It would be, I'd be fresh. You wouldn't take up much space. No. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go. All right, what you got? So all of mine are uh, at. I tried to keep it recent, and I'll go with the the easy one first. So, of all the superheroes I could ever want to be, close to the top of that list, if not the top of that list, is Batman. I'm Batman. Yeah, I know, right? I want to be Michael Keaton more than just about oh, anything in this world. And I want to be the guy that not only is Batman, but also uh, took credit for founding McDonald's. I want to be that guy. (laughs) Um, And so when they came out with a PlayStation 3, because I was a PlayStation 3 guy, uh, they came out with a PlayStation 3 Batman game that was go into Arkham Asylum and punch the shit out of people. I was like, well, hell yeah, and it was awesome. And then they were like, guess what? Now there's a sequel. And you get to go in the city. And I'm like, hell yeah. And it was awesome. And then I was like, you know what the only thing is that I couldn't do? That I really wanted to do? 
drive that Batmobile. I already know. And I was like, I bet you, at some point, because that's the only gimmick they got left. They're gonna, they're gonna let me drive the Batmobile. And then they said, Hey, for Arkham Knight, the third one, we're gonna let you drive the Batmobile. And I was oh, like, snap. What? And they were like, I know, right? And I was like, Yeah. And then it was released. Hmm. And then I got to the Batmobile part. And then I stopped playing. Because <laughs> it was garbage. I have never, in recent memory, been so hyped for a game that's like a sequel, probably of a sequel, that's in a in a franchise, promoting that it's going to give me what I want, and turning around and hating the creators, hating the developers, and really, really learning, be careful what you wish for. Huh. Because I was so disappointed and so frustrated in that game, I literally still have never finished it. Especially when all the parts that aren't in the Batmobile are so good. Yeah, like the game by itself outside of Batmobile stuff is actually pretty fun. And I was that guy that I came really close to 100%ing Arkham City. I did not get there. I will, I will admit it, I got to like 80-something percent, and then I stopped because I got bored. Um, it was all those... Riddler trophies? Oh, God, that was, the, that was one of the only... I had that left, I had a handful of those left, and then I had one of the side quests that I hadn't finished. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. Um, but I, I loved Arkham Asylum. I loved Arkham City even more. And Arkham Knight was just such a disappointment that I, like, I want nothing to do with any more of, you know, like, I'm ready to take a break from Batman stuff in the video game world for a a good while. And for a hot minute, as the kids say. I went back and I actually bought the... Um, the Batman Return to Arkham, where they've like uh, upgraded and updated all the stuff for the first two uh, on my PS4 because I like them that much. And I just, I can't stand Arkham Knight. And if it was worth more than a dollar twenty-five in GameStop credit, I would bring it back. Even nobody wants to buy your copy of Tank Battle Simulator 2000? <laughs> With Batman paint. No, uh-huh. and it's and like they even did like a bunch of cool stuff where they added like a bunch of costumes and like retro other Batman stuff. Even though it like the the one that I was looking forward to the most looks the worst, and that's the '60s Batman one because it's literally just a repaint of the yeah. Like they they didn't even like make a new skin; they just kind of like painted over the old one, which you know that is what it is. But eh. Uh, so yeah, huge disappointment, and part of it was that it was I was so hyped when it's like, hey, this one's an eight out of ten. The next one's a nine out of ten. The next one we went to your hotel room before you checked in, turned the heat way up, and then took a shit in the in the toilet and didn't flush it. And then three hours later, you checked in and it was a ghost turd. <laughs> it's a long way to go, but it's also a great prank for one of your friends. Um, it was just a, like, it hits you in the face as soon as you start it. Like, this is awful, and I want nothing to do with it. 
Yeah. Batman Arkham Knight. And the plot was stupid because you figured it out because it was the the crutch that they always use. Yeah. Fucking Jason Todd. Yeah. Ah! That game. I'll ah! say this. I'll say this. If you want a fun, new, and by that I mean you haven't done it before, Arkham Experience, uh, a game I'd love to defend if you ever get around to it, uh, Arkham Origins, way better than everyone gives you credit for. See, I think that one was a victim of, it was a prequel, but it was released later, so like... It was between... um, um, it was between the second, third one. Yeah, I was to say it was between Arkham City and Arkham Knight, yeah, and right? Arkham Knight. Yeah, and it wasn't the same developer. No, so it instantly got shat on, even though everything about the game that you like, the combat system and the the all that is is still intact. Uh, it's got a great detective story. It's got an amazing setup, which is it's set over the course of one night, and Black Mask has hired ten different assassins to kill Batman, and you're playing that night. Where they're all trying to take Ooh. you out. It's awesome. Uh, it, it it's it's the origin of Batman in that universe. Um, it's a li- literally the first time he meets the Joker in that universe. It's awesome, but it wasn't the same developer, so people just wrote it off. Um, but zero Batmobile tank battles. So there you go. Immediately good. I actually I prefer, and I know this is going to make you really angry, John. Uh, I prefer all of the uh, Telltale Games Batman. Uh, releases rather than Arkham Knight. If you're talking Arkham Knight, I'd rather go back and play Batman '89 for uh, NES or uh, Batman's Purple. Never uh, play Arkham Knight again. Uh, remember, someone, the- if if someone would mod that game and take out all the fucking uh, Batmobile stuff, I thought yeah. you were just gonna stop and you were gonna say uh, if someone would go back and just take out all the fucking, uh, <laughs> it would be an awesome game. Like, wait, what? Uh, well, my first is a very similar note to yours then, Captain Chris. Um, I'm going to take you in the Wayback Machine to, uh, I don't even remember what year, circa of like 2002. Um, it, okay, before that, best game for the PS1, Metal Gear Solid. Yes! Long-awaited sequel to a sort of dead franchise franchise but it revolutionized uh, it, it created the whole stealth espionage action genre of video game uh, very much uh, sort of the grandfather to games like Arkham uh, Arkham City and uh, Arkham Asylum um, Metal Gear Solid was, was and is fantastic it's an amazing game um, so naturally I like many people was hyped out of my eyeballs for Metal Gear Solid 2 Oops. On the PS2, whole new system, better hardware, better graphics. This is going to be amazing. We changed the gameplay around. You can do stuff like uh, switch to first person when you're aiming weapons. It's going to be amazing. I could not wait. Uh, and then I got my hands on the game, and I started playing it. And the first level is really cool because cool, it picks the first one left off, kind of depending on which ending you got. And, uh, you know, you slip aboard this tanker and you're sneaking around and, uh, you know, Revolver Ocelot's still there and stuff's going on and there's a giant metal gear in the, the bowels of the ship and it's amazing. And then you finish that level and, spoiler, uh, you fast forward some time. I can't remember what exactly the time jump was. You jump forward in time for a while and then the actual story starts and you realize you've just been playing the prologue the entire time and now 
for the rest of the game, you're playing as some snot-nosed, whiny kid named Raiden. Like the guy the from whole, Mortal Kombat? Whole game. No, no, not even him. Not oh. even the whole, uh, uh, Asian guy of Thunder dude. No, it's just oh. some dude whose code name is Raiden. Well, that's uh, stupid. Who's a, yeah, a whiny uh, high school version of Snake uh, who doesn't understand what's going on and is a complete freaking moron. Uh, yep, the whole rest of the game, that's who you get to be. To say I was disappointed is an understatement of the century. Uh, I quit playing the game for like two weeks because I was pissed. I was like, I don't. I, I kept waiting for a point where you would switch back to being Snake because he's the star of the franchise. It's like buying a Mario game and then finding out you're going to play the whole time is, uh, I don't know, Toad. Um, well, and <laughs> my uh, my other question is uh, when you uh, run into a character, a certain character, uh, when you're playing as Raiden, did it piss you off even more? When you run into, what's his name, Iroquois Pliskin? Uh-huh. Who is obviously friggin' Snake. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to pretend that he's not, and it's total crap. Well, see, that gave me hope, because I was like, all right, well, Snake is still here. Yeah, he'll trade when off do with I switch over? Yeah, when do I switch to being him again? The answer to that question is the third game. <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah, the closest you get to being Snake again is there's a point at the end uh, where you fight back-to-back with Snake, but you never, other than that prologue mission, you were not playing a Snake the entire time. And the entire, I'll be honest, other than much better gameplay and much better graphics, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 story is dog shit compared to the first Metal Gear Solid, where they were still kind of grounded because, holy shit, Kojima just went off the deep end for Metal Gear Solid 2. You start out the game and some terrorists have take over, taken over and uh, uh, it's like an oil drilling thing and you're not Snake, which you've got to go in and, and take it back. So very much kind of like the first game where they've taken over a facility and you've got to go take it back. Okay, cool, cool, fine, whatever. It sucks on not being Snake, but all right, the gameplay's fine. I'll just, in my head, pretend I'm Snake, fine. But then the story just keeps going and going and going and the characters are even like more far-fetched and ridiculous than they were in the first game. And by the end of it, you're you're fighting a, a multi-tentacled Doc Ock ripoff and talking about a secret organization called, and I'm not making this up, the Lalelulelo. Did you get all that? We, we don't speak about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll uh, get us. I, I remember watching the end uh, cinematic for this game and just being like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, nobody like, knows. I, I was so confused that it, it took away any sense of uh, accomplishment for beating the game. I was like, all right, can this just be done now? I'm just confused. Uh, so, yeah, there's my biggest gaming letdown. Pretty much all of Metal Gear Solid 2 after that first prologue. Yeah, I completely understand. Um, did you also, um, along the same lines, because I believe my least favorite character uh, in the entire um, Metal Gear history uh, timeline makes an appearance. It Does Vamp make an appearance in 2? Vamp, I believe, debuted in 2. Uh, I hate the fact that you get the, uh, and I think it's in where you get the sunlight gun and the fucking sunlight gun doesn't do anything to him even though he's a vampire yeah that how do you how do you have a sunlight gun 
Every character who's a vampire. Yeah, and you use it on him. I thought, like, so I charge it up, and, you know, when you charge it, and Snake goes, Sunlight! And he charges it, and then I aim it at him, and I'm like, this is how you're supposed to beat him. I get it. I get jokes. And then you shoot it, and then <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Metal Gear. Uh, I bought the official PlayStation magazine. I think it was, like, issue... It was either number seven or number nine that came with the Metal Gear Solid demo disc. I bought that magazine. It was, like, ten yeah. bucks in 1997 yeah. for that demo disc, just for the disc. Yeah. And you've got to play the first level. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think part of the problem was the they only showed, like, in all of the, the press, all of the trailers, all of the everything, they only showed clips from the prologue. Yeah, which we didn't know was the prologue. So right. They, that the whole thing was going to be on this ship. Or yeah. Or, like, we, 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 you know, when the ship docks somewhere, that'll be the new setting. But, hey, this is cool. There's a lot about this game I don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, cool, it's like Jason Takes Manhattan, but I'm Snake. <laughs> and I'm a good yeah. guy. Uh, it, it, my, I'll, I'll wrap this up with saying this. In the, the start of Metal Gear Solid 3, um, it asks you when you're setting up your profile, did you prefer Metal Gear Solid 1 or Metal Gear Solid 2? And if you select, I preferred Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, when your character parachutes in and lands... Um, for the his 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 landing zone his his drop off point, he takes off his helmet and his goggles. And if you selected, I like Metal Gear Solid Two. When he takes off the helmet and the goggles, it's Raiden. Best best uh, for 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 about two seconds, and then he yeah. rips it off as a mask. Yeah, like so best troll job. The game developers knew enough to know that people hated that character so much that they they built in a a like you said a troll moment. Uh, with the Raiden mask. I laughed because that was damn funny. And anybody, it's also a great test of um, who you don't want to be friends with. <laughs> because if anybody picks Metal Gear Solid 2 over Metal Gear Solid 1, I don't want to be friends with you. I'm just going to say that right now. If you prefer Metal Gear Solid 2 over Metal Gear Solid 1, just don't talk to me anymore like we don't have to have a big like i guess we're not friends anymore just just stop talking to me and i'll be probably better off yep also my cat uh nominee for a game series that desperately needs an hd remake is the first three Metal Gear solid games yes even just the first Metal Gear solid hd reboot i would i would buy that in a heartbeat how much would you buy it for I don't care. Take my money. Oh, I thought you were going to say I'd buy that for a dollar. Never there mind. I'd buy that for a dollar. There we go. All right. You ready for me to get oddly specific about something? Always. Uh, did either of y'all ever play Darksiders? The copy you gave me to play, yeah. All right. Sweet. Um, so I played, it was the first time I'm running through Darksiders, so it's probably, I don't know. 2009 2010 somewhere in that vicinity and at one point you you meet up with this character a couple times named ulthane or ulthane or something u-l-t-h-a-n-e and he's a blacksmith he's also known as the black hammer and at some point you're helping him like fight off enemies and that kind of stuff and he he you know you hear he's been working on something for you he's been working on something for you if a character's name is the black hammer what would you assume he's making for you? A penis. 
No. Yes. Oh. Um, a big hammer. Yeah, a big hammer. A big hammer. Do you know oh. what he makes for you in the game? What does he make for you? It's a fucking handgun. Uh, I'm not even joking. It's a fucking handgun. They take this, like, mythical-looking giant blacksmith, and he makes you... Can't touch this. Why you standing there, man? I'm sorry. It's the thing that happens until we get him on the show. The hammer alarm goes off whenever someone uses that word. Until we can get him on the show. But yeah, so expecting all this cool stuff. And like, the. It was just one of those things where I just like remember like. He gifts it to you, and like literally, it's one of those things where it like comes down from the heavens, and I'm just like, it's a <laughs> fucking Glock. <laughs> like that's all it is. It's a gun. It's a gun. Talk about disappointment. I'm just yeah. like, oh, because you know, uh, Darksiders is very much a like 3D Zelda ripoff. It's a good one, but it's a 3D Zelda ripoff. The only thing it's Better than that, it's like Okami in the realm of like Zelda ripoffs. But, you know, much like a Zelda thing, the next dungeon you go into, you have to use the thing you just got. So it's like. <sighs> like, I just want to kill people with the giant sword on my back. Why are you making me do this bullshit with a gun? <laughs> so I know it's oddly specific, but. No, that's. It's about it's about gaming disappointments and letdowns and motherfucker that was a letdown. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I understand. Uh, I'll I'll knock out my next one real quick because uh, yeah. it's real recent. Uh, so check this out. Have you guys ever seen the movie Rear Window? Yeah, like the Hitchcock classic where yeah. guy breaks his leg, looks out the window to his neighbor, thinks his neighbor's up to something, and you're like, oh man, the neighbor killed somebody in this case his wife, and he's got to go prove it. Imagine that as a video game. Pretty cool, right? Stealth action, sneaking into your neighbor's house and trying to prove that there's a crime. The game promises that it learns your mo- your methods of entry. So like if you break in through a, an open window, the next time you try, that window's closed or, you know, what have you. A game called Hello Neighbor. Trash. Garbage game. I was so hyped because I was like, damn it, it's Rear Window the Game. Hell yeah. We've never, we've never talked about this before. Yeah, what a colossal disappointment that is. Uh, one of the first things I tried to do in the game is I was like, oh, it's cool. There's traffic. There's other stuff mm-hmm. on the street. I tried to see like how far down the street you can go, how many other houses you can go into. Hey, Flanagan, how many other houses can you go into aside from yours and your neighbors? I'm guessing zero. Uh, how far down the street can you go? Because if you guess until it ends, that's it. You can go to the corner. Yeah. And the cars that hit you mm-hmm. go directly. I mean, it felt like you were playing like a third of a game. Yeah, it, it felt like um, you were playing like a beta. Mm-hmm. And the problem was that game was already delayed twice. So great premise. Really, really cool. There's some cool stuff. There's a lot of problems with the game that make it just a very unsatisfying experience. 
one of those things that I'm kind of pissed that they did it because they took a really great idea and ruined it. And now when someone else tries it, it's going to be like, well, isn't it a copy of that one game that really sucked? Yeah. Hello, neighbor. Don't play it. No. So have you ever seen any videos of like the last level? The game gets fucking weird. No, I haven't. You get shrunk at some point. Oh, at some point, no, no. you're like, I've seen that Pornhub stuff. No, thank you. Yeah, it, it's 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 it just it doesn't even look good. Ugh, that disappoints me so much because I was beyond hyped. Like if my hype was a Thunderdome, I was beyond Thunderdome. Just to give you a comparison, you're welcome for that. Um, yeah, it, I was. It was one of those games that I saw as part of um, E3 or something somewhere, somewhere. And they were like, oh, it's Hello Neighbor, and there's pop vinyls, and there's all kinds of crap. And I was like, oh, yeah, give this a try. I bet you this is going to be okay. (laughs) No, it's crap. Don't play it. If you can hear me, don't play the game Hello Neighbor. You'll thank me later. I can see it being one of those things that like gets updates and that kind of stuff. And it's, I, I can see it being an awesome game by like mid 2019. Yeah. If they keep working on it and like keep doing some fixes and some updates and, um, I would really like to have some kind of better warning system about when your neighbor is close to you. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, I would like some kind of, um, instructional what to do when the game just starts like yeah. that that would be nice uh oh you ready you ready for a hot take yeah i'd like polished graphics in the <laughs> fucking game <laughs> yeah i understand yeah um, what do you think this is gun media oh hey hey wait wait till we get to my last pick oh sorry, sorry we sorry. haven't gotten there yet Oh, all right. Well, yeah. Me, Hello, neighbor. This along then. Uh, so my, my number two, appropriately, my number two. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Ghostbusters, the board game, two. Oh, yeah. I got a copy in my trunk if anyone wants to buy one. Still sealed. Sell it cheap. 75 Ghost- bucks. Sorry, Ghostbusters, Ghost. the board game, really fun game. Uh, I was hyped. It's kind of what got me into board games and, and Gen Con, that whole thing again. Um I enjoy it. It's fun. I still like breaking it out. I play with people who are and aren't huge Ghostbuster fans, and they all seem to like it. So I was really excited when the second one came out because it looked like they were legit listening to criticisms of the first game um, and trying to find ways to make it more uniquely Ghostbusters and not just a um, tile-based, figure-based co-op game with a Ghostbuster paint job slapped on it. So it gets here. Uh, we break it open and start reading the rule book. Uh, Commander Cox, Commander Scott comes over to play it. And um, uh, they overcorrected. They uh, they overcorrected and rolled the whole thing. Uh, they, they added so many new mechanics. Uh, you can't keep track of anything. They added so many just uh, uh, um, arbitrary timers to the, the scenarios 
uh, it, it's I think there's now like four or five lose conditions, but still just one win condition. Uh, it's not fun to play. Uh, I will play Ghostbusters the board game all day long. It's a fun game. Uh, there's tons of content in there I haven't gotten around to yet. I will probably never, other than at the, the Lesson in uh, uh, Gaming Convention where I, I have it on display at our table, I'll never take it out of the box again. Uh, so, yeah, in general, Ghostbusters, the board game, too. Huge gaming letdown. You uh, fucked it up! If uh, if you don't believe Obi John, I have a copy still sealed with the, the Vigo extra add-on, uh, bigger piece. Uh, 75 bucks, I'll let it go. I'm going to try to sell mine tomorrow, actually. <clears throat> yeah, Last one. Huh? No, God, no. I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> I, I didn't like yeah. the first one that much. Um, for everybody okay. else, I'll sell it for 75 For you, 80 <laughs> Friends and <laughs> family discount. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you $3 to keep it. How's that sound? Uh, why do you hate me? <laughs> um. So, for a long time, I've been really excited about a sequel to a game I absolutely loved. And, uh, you know, there, there, there was a decent amount of time between the sequels. The second one was going to go open world. It was going to go, like, kind of cel-shaded. It was going to have a cool, futuristic look. Oh, it's also a revamp of the, the game series. Okay. Okay. I'm still kind of on board. Still kind of on board. Uh, oh, and the open world stuff just has a bunch of, like, timed, timed like, you know, race missions. Uh, okay. Oh, we got rid of most of the combat. Uh-huh. Oh, and everything now is a, uh, there are gang aspects, and you can go work for a certain gang to take over more territory and do all, why, what What the fuck did you do to the game I liked? And, oh, finally, um, it sold so badly they've canceled plans for anything else to go with it. Talking about Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Goddamn, I was so stoked, went out and bought this game day of release. Paid way too much money, got home, enjoyed the hell of it for like the first three hours I played. And then I realized it's the same fucking thing over and over and over and over and over and over. And it's it was it was glitchy. It wasn't good. And they've apparently done like very little updating on it because they realized they released a piece of shit game. Shocking, EA. Uh, but yeah, Mirror's Edge Catalyst was, with the exception of like Resident Evil 6, is probably one of the worst like game sequels I've played in a long, long time. Yeah, I never played any of the Mirror's Edge stuff. I saw like hype videos and stuff and like previews and stuff, but I never, um, I never got into it. First one's great. Um, second one's not <laughs> like there's just no other way to put it, it it's just it's just not good yeah i mean all games can't be perfection they all can't be the uncharted series so i understand 
That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. I like to slide in my Nathan Drake reference as man as many episodes as I can. No judgment. Uh I only got one left. I thought about putting in um WWE two K fifteen. Uh, I was so hyped for the last appearance of CM Punk in a WWE video game, but um, anything after No Mercy is useless to me. So whatever. I, I will actually go on record, and I, I can argue that like a couple of the like mid-2000s, like 05 and 06, SmackDown versus Raw, or Raw versus SmackDown are pretty yeah, tight. SmackDown, here comes the pain's not bad. That's fair. I'll give it that. You goddamn right there. Um, but... Uh... I, I, I neglected that one to go with, uh, and, and I got enraged today because I saw a tweet from Friday the 13th, the game, after going a month without tweeting anything, uh, with the last thing that they tweeted being uh, their special edition is, is up for pre-order. That uh, PC players have a uh, a bunch of bug fixes and stuff uh, in an update um, that was released today. Console players, yeah, we'll get to you sometime. Coming soon. Yeah, trademark soon. Um, a game that a huge disappointment, not because the game itself is bad. Because at its core, the game is so much fun. And that's part of why it hurts me so much that the game is fun. Because technically speaking, the game is a dumpster fire on wheels. Or how does Tony Schiavone put it? It's a coffin on roller skates. Yeah. Uh, it's the gun media and Ilphonic don't know how to make video games. I'm going to go ahead and say it. And they're great salespeople, and I know they're they're Lexington, Kentucky. Um, they're proud of their Lexington, Kentucky heritage, uh, but they are they're they're fantastic salesmen because they will tell you exactly what you want to hear to get your money, and they will not follow through or make a game that's playable consistently after a year and a half. Uh, promised updates that just never happen, uh, game modes that are teased that never happen, never even get past the planning stages, but they make trailers. They made, the, for their slasher edition, which is like their like director's cut whatever special edition that comes with a hockey mask and all kinds of crap, the trailer for it, the original trailer before they took it down and changed it uh, featured kills that were not available in the game, but it somehow got past their quality control and was released. And then people started asking, Hey, are, are those kills coming as part of, you know, DLC? Are those extra things? They reworked the trailer, put it back up. It's the fastest time they've ever fixed a bug in that game because there are, uh, they they go through the process where they fix bugs, quote unquote, and then create fifteen more. For every bug they kill, 
For every issue they fix, there's 15 more that pop up. Oh, don't forget to mention that every time they update something, they don't know how to back catalog anything, so you have to install pretty much the entire game from scratch again. Yeah, every time they do an update, it's at least a 5 gig install, because uh, the game is 4 point something gigs, and you have to download the base game and everything else. Um, when they do big updates, it resets everything. Um they don't know how to code they don't know how to actually do and now there's a problem where if you climb through a window your character is just unable to move which has never been a problem sometimes when you pick up weapons they get huge which is Uh, hilarious also don't forget to mention the uh on occasion when you would get pulled out of the car if you escaped you would just be walking on air after that yep like about four feet above everyone yeah so, uh, my biggest disappointment is my favorite horror franchise ever gets mistreated and mishandled by one of the worst, and I'm not even going to call them a video game company, the worst company I've ever had the misfortune of dealing with. And Commander Scott will will know what I'm saying if he ever listens to this episode. I backed the Evil Dead 2 board game. Hmm. Part of me feels real guilty because I introduced him to it and he backed it because of that. And uh, that's a game that they asked for $70,000. They made $700,000, blew all the money, and we're never going to see that game. I had a better experience with them than dealing with this gun media illphonic crap where you get promised something because at least with that, I know that that game is dead and I know that they lied to everybody with the evil dead Two game. They lied to everybody. They took everybody's money and they just left this, this garbage of stringing everybody along with um, doing this quote unquote necessary engine update before they can add any content, knowing that by the time the engine update update gets done, they they'll the lawsuit that is still ongoing will prevent them from uploading any more content. That that pisses me off because you're flat out lying to people after you take their money. I'm okay with with saying this is the end of content if you're upfront and honest about it. But don't release trailers for modes that you're just kind of spitballing ideas about and you have no real intention of releasing. Also, if you're a kickstarting project, don't tell people they're too they're too small for you to come give them their time to. Yeah, uh, still kind of, still kind of bitter about that. Um, uh, when when I say when I ask him for an interview and uh, I say, hey, you know, I love Friday the 13th. We're from kentucky uh how about you guys come on we'll talk about the project we'll talk about this how many listeners you guys got each week uh, you know about five thousand. you know it's it's somewhere in there crickets 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 you guys here's my personal wanna, message go ahead you just want to uh quote bad luck fele from the g1 uh press conference do you just want to walk up to the mic and just go fuck them yeah and just like walk back to your seat uh i i wish i wish now that we could get somebody from gun media on this podcast 
because I have a feeling at Gen Con I was real good when I saw the Cryptozoic table. You were very good. I didn't. I didn't. Gold star. I didn't even like look at them cross-eyed. I didn't even. I didn't even look at them like the Dixie Chicks and look at them slightly cross-eyed. I didn't look at a picture of the Dixie Chicks. They're slightly cross-eyed. Um, I didn't. I didn't. You know, give them any indication that I thought that they were kind of a crappy company. Same with Ship Naked. Never even. You know, gave them an indication. With Gun Media, I would not be able to be like, so you guys are like the worst game company I've ever dealt with, right? Like, you guys are pretty terrible at pretty much everything. Did you guys go to the EA School of Business and Customer Service? And fail out because even EA was like, ooh, we're not that bad. We at least have a, we will at least release a finished product. Um... Yeah, I just I I'm so disappointed in the fact that I kickstarted that game. I was all in on that game. And they they hurt me. I will show you on this toy where they hurt me. All right. Well, let's John, you didn't have anything else. You ready to wrap this thing up? Let's talk about I'm something good. that's going to make us all happy. Yay! Yay, happy. Now, starting in 3 weeks, not 4, <laughs> not 2. But three. Five? No. Oh. Three. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine? No. Two but and I half. like I like where your head's at. Uh, partway through that last topic, maybe maybe right here, I don't know, somewhere in that area, this would be the end of the show for you. And I know you're saying, well, we have a whole other topic to go. And it's a fun one. But you wouldn't you wouldn't hear it. You'd hear everything up until this point, but this is about the point, and actually about half an hour ago, is the point where we would just stop. And we would say, if you enjoyed this conversation and would like to hear an extra hour-ish, visit our Patreon. Where for as little as $1 an episode, you can unlock the entire show. And we'll be nice to you. I can't promise that, though. Um, To your face. Yeah, oh, to your face will be so nice. And if you pledge the $2 an episode, then you can hear what we really think on the inside, the joke <laughs> special pre-show. But, but yeah, this would be the point where you, would, you wouldn't hear the ending song that we always play. You wouldn't hear the thank you for listening and blah, blah, blah. It's just going to abruptly cut and say, hey, go to patreon.com slash talk nerdy to me show. T-O, not the number two. And find out how you can hear more. And silence. That's it. So, you have two more weeks after this show. But, while we're still here and free, the entire episode is free for everybody, what's our last topic? Something You guys fun. like video games, right? Yeah. Yeah. You guys like movies, right? Always. Yeah. You guys like video game movies? Uh... Our final topic tonight is going to be, and I, I'm hoping for some hot takes, why don't video game movies work? I've done research. I can't wait to get into this because I I am so ready. My body is ready. I've got, I've got like an actual little rant to kind of start this. Uh... Y'all ready? 
Y'all ready for this? Did someone put on a Jock Jam CD? <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I think inherently one of the big issues is they know they've got a built-in fan base, and they know that fan base knows their stories. So I think inherently, like a lot of them are just like taking too many liberties and doing too much different from the actual like source material uh the the the, one of the first things that came to mind was max Payne when you pitched this topic oh why don't video game movies work because it's mark mark Wahlberg's like he's bankable you you can kind of depend on him to 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 kind of you know make mark Wahlberg, yeah and his brother donnie they're superstars but then, like, I don't know. Did either of y'all see Max Payne? Nope. Dawny. Dawny Wahlberg. You see Max Payne? No, he didn't see it. Nah. Nah. Dawny didn't see it. Unsurprisingly, it's shit. Um, they change everything. They make Max this, like, like drug addicted pill head who's still working with the police force was issue if you've ever played a what 18 year old game now max Payne is about like he's kind of gone rogue because his wife and kid were dead and it's done in a very noir sense of the word they basically were just like oh max Payne's noir just make it look like, like sin city he's like the Go. punisher yeah sorta but just not good, not good. And I just, I, I get rant all day about like how they drove the Resident Evil movie franchise into the fucking ground. But I'm sure John's just gonna throw numbers and garbage at that for the next like twenty minutes. So, but yeah, too much um, like ignoring of the source material and too much just banking on the fact that they've got a built-in audience with insert name game or name of game here and are we just ignoring everything Uwe Boll's done if Mark Wahlberg can't save your franchise I don't know what to tell you together did like uh, Far Cry Alone in the Dark and House of the Dead Uwe Boll never heard of him hey he'll he'll fight you if if you're not careful so here's here's what's interesting movies about video games tend to do pretty well talking about Matrix Talking about Ready Player One, talking about Wreck It Ralph, movies about video games tend to do pretty well. There's clearly some kind of nostalgia, some kind of market, some kind of something to tap into uh, about movies about video games. Movies based on video games, very hit or miss. Uh, and, and, and I'm not even going to get into. Um, profitability because you, you brought it up but Resident Evil is is one of those series that like makes my head hurt because they get worse and worse and dumber and dumber as they go That's yet true. they keep making more money as they go like I don't know what demon Paul W.S. Anderson signed a pact with that the movies can become shittier as we go but still make more money as we go I don't get it so we're not going to get into the number crunching. I've got those numbers. I'm not going to crunch them. I just love the um, fact that they, they, the marketing about the fourth movie didn't even really talk about the movie. It was just saying they had the same 3D equipment that Avatar used. 
Well, they were trying to jump on that avatar train. Uh, yeah. Fucking jackass dude too. But anyway, uh, it it it's a really interesting kind of conundrum of okay, so so people like seeing video games in movies, but they don't want to see movies based on video games. So then you get basically two categories. You've already touched on one of them. You get the well, let's just directly adapt the story of a game and make a movie of it. And then you have the other one, which is the, well, we can't just do that because gamers already know the story. We've got to give them something they haven't seen, something new, something fresh. Um, again, I'll go back to the first Resident Evil, um, where the original screenplay was literally the game turned into a movie. A uh, few changes here and there, but it was it was the story of the first Resident Evil game as a movie. That got scrapped, and instead they decided to write basically a prequel to the first game. Not a bad idea, and you can argue whether or not it worked, but neither one of those seemed to work very well either because you have stuff like Rampage that I guess sticks kind of close to the story of the game. As much as there ever was a story in Rampage, it's got three big monsters fighting each other, uh, and that did pretty well this summer. Um, you've got stuff like the the first Mortal Kombat, which very closely stuck to the original storyline, um, and for a very long time was the highest grossing video game movie. So so that method kind of works sometimes. Um, but then you get stuff like Tomb Raider. I'm talking about the newest one, uh, which was going to be a reboot of the whole movie franchise based on the Tomb Raider game that rebooted the Tomb Raider video game franchise. She got that. It's a, it's a reboot of the movie franchise based on a video game, based on the video game, reboot of the video game franchise of the movie. My head hurts. Yep. Uh, again, uh, I'm going to go with D all of the above. <laughs> it, it looked to be a very, from the trailers, uh, and, and it was a, a pretty faithful adaptation of the, uh, was it 2000, well, I'm throwing random numbers out here. Reboot of the Terminator franchise did not do so great. Uh, again, I'm not specifically talking about how much money it made or didn't make, but it, it came out. Yeah, I think it was number one the weekend it came out, and then it just disappeared. It was just kind of meh. You know, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't that great either. Um, and then you get the other category, which is like I said, which is the uh, we'll take what people like about the games, but we'll do our own story with it. And then you get into the territory of Assassin's Creed, which was supposed to be the big, you know, start of the golden age of video game movies because we've got really good actors and it's a story you haven't seen, but the world you know. And, and it, it was bad. It was real fucking bad. It was boring. It was really, really boring. Um, so yeah, it does seem to be like your three main types is there's, there's movies about games that usually work. Uh, and then there's the direct translation and then there's the, well, let's kind of take that and do our own thing. And it, there's really doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to what does or doesn't work with those. Cause even like the first category of, well, let's just take the game and, and make that a movie Warcraft didn't do great in the U S but overseas did really, really well. Um, was just a, a story from the world of World of Warcraft uh, made into a movie. So, I don't know. 
chew on that sink you know your teeth into that what do we what do we is there a secret to making these work is there a secret to to why they didn't work because it seems to be all over the map i don't know i think some of it also has to do with the genre of whatever game like for instance and I'm going to use two examples from the same genre that are a pretty, not a niche genre, but a very specific genre. Let's talk about fighting game movies. Let's. Because you did. You brought up Mortal Kombat, which to many people, the 1995 uh, Mortal Kombat movie, which to a lot of people is still the standard bearer of, it's still the gold standard of video game movies. Um, I will never forget wanting to go see it. My friend's mom offered to take us if we paid for her gas money to get to the theater, which was five miles away, ten miles away. Weird. Yeah, super weird. Uh, and then got us there after the movie had already started. Um, not a pleasant theater experience, but the movie itself, fun, doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows what it is. Uh, takes a property that is kind of larger than life and over the top, not Sylvester Stallone over the top, but over the top, and kind of embraces it, uh, turns into the skid. Then you have a movie like Street Fighter. Goes a little bit too far turning into the skid and becomes kind of a parody of itself. I think it's funny, which it's not really supposed to be, I don't think, and it kind of killed Raul Julia, but that's another story for another (laughs) time. Uh, But you have a, a very specific very targeted genre with two very different approaches one was successful and still kind of widely regarded as a how to do a video game movie right one is kind of a one is a punchline still to this day um casting jean-claude van damme as guile is both the best and worst casting decision they could have possibly made uh but it did give us the greatest title for any video game ever, which was Street Fighter, the movie, the game, Mm. which is just so, uh, if it was a wrestling match, we would call it the most overbooked match ever because it's, you just call it Street Fighter. Like what the hell? Um, or Street Fighter, the movie, which is whatever. Um, so, you know, Resident Evil was, was the one that I was going to talk about because if, if the first Resident Evil movie had been basically a direct adaptation of the game, you would have two different camps. You'd have the people that are, man, it sucks because it's like, I, I, the first game was very cinematic. So it sucks because I feel like I just watched a thing that I played, you know, five years ago. Ugh, this is stupid. Um, if you go too far off you end up with 
what you, what we got, and then it's it has nothing to do with anything. Why is it even called Resident Evil? It's Resident Evil in name only. Video game fans are notoriously critical and picky, and it's a very delicate balance, and it's a tough line to try and and balance of staying true to the source material that you have, but not too close because like no one's going to pay to see a movie about a game that they played. If it's the exact same thing, Um, you think that's what you want. Let me me piggyback on it real quick. Yeah. I think you, you, you brought up a good example of, of this um sticking picking your source material and sticking to it uh picking your source material is is key look at mortal Kombat and street fighter mortal Kombat is a game that inherently has a storyline to it not a huge storyline but every character has a backstory Mm -hmm. and there the story is it's a fighting tournament you know it's it's very much enter the dragon with you know demons and superpowers and that's the movie they made it's enter the dragon with demons and superpowers um, Street Fighter doesn't necessarily have an inherent story. The fighters all kind of have a backstory in that they're all supposed to be from different countries and represent different fighting styles from those countries. Um, but then, like you said, Guile, who's uniquely American in the game, and you cast Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Also, uh, you cast Kylie Minogue as Cammy. That's odd. Yeah, it's just uh, an odd choice. And and then yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Trying to cram every character in the game into the movie, giving them all some kind of backstory and kind of a character arc, but then trying to find a story that fits scr- cramming all those characters into it does not work with Street Street Fighter bends over backwards to try to explain why certain people are there. And and very much um, downplays the 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 more fantastic elements of the yeah. game. Um, some of the more elaborate, you know, physics-defying moves of the game are not in the movie at all. Whereas Mortal Kombat, you had fatalities, you had you know Sub Zero and Scorpion using their powers, you had random transportation to hell dimensions, and you had and, and, Goro. Yeah. Uh, uh, it 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 like we'd love to say on the story. Mortal Kombat turned into the skid. Uh, Street Fighter tried to make it a generic action movie. Yeah. Um. The the thing about Street Fighter, like, really, all you need to know is Chun Li, Balrog, and E Honda were a news team. News team five. Yeah, basically. Um. That being said, the '95 one's still a fuck ton better than Rise of Chun Li. No idea what you're talking about again. Was that that? Was that a Uwe Ball movie? No, 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 that, no, no. That, that guy that, you're making up, yeah. That actually was not, sadly. Yeah. Uh, so there, the, the point I was trying to make is is um, certain video games have more to work with than others, and if they give you anything to work with, you need to embrace that instead of trying to do your own thing with it. For further details, see Doom, which again, a game that didn't really have a whole lot of plot to work with, 
but what plot it did give us, the movie completely ignored. Yep. But, 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 but first person sequence. Look, that movie is on my shelf for one reason and one reason only, and it's not The Rock. Carl Urban? Carl fucking Urban. Um, but it's not a good movie. No. It's two hours of people running around dark hallways with flashlights, and then uh, that one first-person sequence, which is cool, but I can just go play the game, and then, like, literally, ask someone to describe Doom, and you'll get, uh, you're a space marine in a place shooting demons from hell. Like, that's that's Doom. Uh, oh, and you're, you're on Mars. So, space marine, Mars, demon, right? Right? Do you think a movie could handle those three plot lines, right? You it would got hope. two of them, but, but one was a retcon because it wasn't originally supposed to be on Mars. They went back in to fix that in post after screenings when people complained about why isn't it on Mars? Doom is supposed to be on Mars. So, yeah, that tells you how much of the terrain you get to see. But Anyway, sorry, the point I was trying to get to. Certain games lend themselves uh, to to storytelling in other mediums more so because games are not necessarily all about the story. They're about the gameplay. Street Fighter is about the gameplay, not about the story. Doom is about the gameplay, not the story. But if they give you some story, you should try to use that. Well, and, and some of it is, you know, the whatever studio and how they want to market it and how they want to position that movie. Because, you know, maybe the studio has whatever property. And they're like, oh, we can make a movie about this. But we don't want to make it all crazy. Like, we don't want no people upside down doing flippy kicks. We just need just regular punching and kicking would be good. And you get those creative handcuffs. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Can we talk about whoever was on drugs when they wrote the Double Dragon movie, though? Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. So as far as, as as far as I know, neither of the first few Double Dragon movies were set in the future, right? Movies or games? Or games? Sorry. No, I don't think so. Okay. Until you know they introduced the Battle Toads in Double Dragon. Uh, Both brothers were different nationalities too, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to think about. Oh shit! The bad guy. Uh, He's a T1. shadow demon. He's a T-1000 shadow demon. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, d- bonus question. Who can tell me who the newscaster was when they cut to the news in that movie? Uh, no. Vanna White. Vanna White was in the Double Dragon movie. She can do more than just flip letters? Yeah. Apparently. Does Pat Sajak know about this? Doubtful. I bet not. Hey, but most importantly, you know who leads the, the Teen Crusader Freedom Fighter movement? Hmm. 90s blonde Alyssa Milano. Gah. Hell yeah. The only redeeming part about that movie. I remember being so excited when I went and rented that from Blockbuster, and then I, like, I watched it and I was like, Mom, can we go back? <laughs> <laughs> oh my so- god, it it has an eight on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a debate to this day with a buddy of mine um, about, let me just ask, what color 
are the, the, the costumes of the Double Dragon Twins. That's unfair because I'm looking at a, uh, I'm looking at the 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 the, the cover of the movie right okay, now. Well, what color are they? Red and blue. Okay. So my buddy's TV was apparently a bit misadjusted <sighs> the first time he watched that movie. To this day, he, he declares, "No, they're red and green." I'm like, "No, dude, they're red and blue." Uh, so yeah, that's a fun side note there. His, uh, his was the only TV that apparently the Double Dragon Bros are red and green. Uh, I love the old Halo uh, web series, Red vs. Green. <laughs> <sighs> Makes me feel Christmassy when I watch Red vs. Green. <laughs> and yeah, it's video games are just it's it's weird because. It's kind of like I draw a parallel to a lot of when you're trying to make books into movies or a TV show into movies because, yeah, you've got a a media source material, but there's stuff you're going to have to change and stuff you're going to have to cut and compromises that are going to have to be made. And part of the problem is video games are so visual. And so you have these inherent expectations about like, if I were to tell you, okay, uh, like, let's see, um, crap. Like I'm trying to think, I'm trying to pick like a, I'm trying to think of like a game, um, a game okay. with a unique visual design. Like, like let's say, let's say you, you hear, okay, there's going to be a dead rising movie. Just throw this out there. You, you're going to have a picture in your mind of exactly what it's going to be mm-hmm. or what you think it should be. And whatever comes out, however close it gets, you're going to be like, well, they should have done this and they should have done that. And because like, OK, if they if they move, actually move forward with this Uncharted movie. I'm going to have a vision of what I think it should be in my head. And I know it's not going to be that way because usually whatever I picture in my head is completely unrealistic, but it's because video games inherently can do things and feature things that people can't do, or they can push those boundaries more because you don't have to have set designers and you don't have to basically pay people to make it realistic. You can have explosions that defy the laws of physics because it looks good in a game and you don't have to worry about, well, how do we actually make it look like that and react like that really? And CGI has helped a lot with that, but there you still run into that where video games have a lot less, have a lot fewer restrictions when it comes to the realm of, reality you can kind of play with stuff a little bit more um you know in a in a you know dead space game unless you're thinking of oh it's alien uh they're probably gonna do something and uh dead space had a a cgi movie and it was pretty crappy because it didn't really follow the mood the, the game and people were kind of pissed because they tried something a little bit different. 
So that's kind of the thing is is video games are just so visual and they're getting more cinematic. And so that translation is a lot harder to make it the same but unique. I don't necessarily agree with that nowadays. Anything visually you can pull off in a video game, you can pull off in a movie. It might be the biggest shot of your movie, but you can pull it off. Uh, uh, um, like you said, CGI and mocap is is leaps and bounds above where it used to be. Um, I, I think the bigger issue, and something we haven't really talked about yet, is is, um, and I'll use Dead Space, great example. Um, Dead Space, the movie, would be an alien clone and would get lambasted for just being an inferior version of Alien. Um, Dead Space, the game, is genius because it's Alien, but it's a game. And the difference there is, if it's a movie, it's a passive experience. You're watching things happen to other people. If it's a game, you're in control. Things are happening to you. So you get a lot more leeway with, well, this game feels a lot like, you know, this movie, but only I'm I'm the star, I'm the person in control. You can't you, you can go from a, a passive experience to an active experience. You can go from I'll use Alien again. You can go from watching Alien to playing Alien Isolation. It works. You can't necessarily go the other route. You can't go, we'll take Uncharted, from controlling Nathan Drake through all these crazy uh, shootouts and, and puzzle solving and, and leaping off of, you know, the sides of buildings to then watching an actor playing Nathan Drake do all that. The experience doesn't translate that way from active to passive, the way it does from passive to active. If that makes sense. Yeah, I gotcha. I think that's the inherent flaw with video game movie adaptations is trying to find a way to to take an active experience and make it as enjoyable as a passive experience as it was when you were the man in control of it. Um, Doom, perfect example. That first person section is pretty cool to watch, but again, I'm passive. I'm watch. It's like watching somebody else play Doom. I have Twitch for that. Why am I watching this movie? Carl Urban. Well, yes. Aside from Carl Urban, which is the obvious answer for everything about why is Doom because Carl Urban. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I I get what you're saying. I, I think about the visual aspect of it. About uh, and again, it, it ties into that because when you're playing a game, who's controlling the camera? You are the player. When you're watching a movie. Who's controlling the camera? The director is. It's 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 still active to passive. So even those those you know big vista shots and the the angles they can get and the like you said the unreal things you can do in a video game. Even something as simple as what angle am I you know is 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 my camera oriented while I'm playing the game? You're in control of that in a game. You're not in control of that for a movie. And I just and, and I think also part of it is the the property pick 
the properties that they use and the ones that that translate over i think they go for the properties that can easily fit into a mold yeah and like uh, you know they they pick the the big action movies that they can fit into a template and you lose some of what makes like yeah the character names carry over but like you miss a lot of the heart and the spirit that makes that game special depending on the property street fighter the movie perfect example Ugh, everybody's let's, so let's plain take this game and in in no matter what story it's trying to tell as as a game let's make it into a jean-claude van damme action movie yeah it's literally like oh we had this script uh rewrite it uh cross out the change name the character names yeah write street fighter change that guy's name to guile and that girl's name to chun Li, and then rewrite a couple things uh, have him do a sonic boom and we're done. Make sure you have that boat level. Yeah. Where you're, you're zigzag, you're dodging mines in a speedboat because we all know the best part of Street Fighter of the game was that boat level. Yeah. Goddamn right. Nothing about beating the shit out of a car, which was really the best part of Street Fighter. Yeah. All right, we can bitch about. No, I, I was literally getting ready to be like, we could bitch about this all day. But no, I think I'm set. We could, we could, we could complain about this for a while. Well, there's our reasons video game movies don't work. So many reasons. Pick your favorite. <laughs> there's plenty to go around. Try and tell us why we're wrong. What movie do you think is the uh, is, is 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 the best video game movie that we forgot to talk about that proves all of us wrong? Let us know, and maybe next week we'll tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, I will flip you off. Maybe, On probably not. Yeah, oh, I will too. Uh, and next week uh, we will probably uh, be out of budget cuts, so we'll probably be broadcasting in full color. Hey. Yeah, it's a cost cutting measure to save our parent company some money. We're team players. Nobody laughed at that, and that was real sad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll get by. So I think, once again, yeah. we're coming to the end, and I want to make one quick shout out. One quick, uh, I want to. I, I just want to address the fact that this week is the last week. Of the uh, Talk Nerdy to Me Fantasy Movie League season. We're on week six. Uh, we are now into our final week. And we're... Are we at the point, Koran, where you realize that you get a penalty for every open screen that you have? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, you get a $2 million penalty for every blank screen that you have. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh we'll be starting a new one we're gonna next week we're gonna have uh just a few minutes in the beginning where we talk about uh the fantasy movie league where we wrap it up uh and we start to talk about the next one which is going to start in september 
and go through the end of the year. And we're going to have uh, some bigger prizes. We're going to have some good stuff to give away. Because it was, it's been really fun. It's totally free. And uh, it's a lot harder than you think it is. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, We've all been playing. We've all been having a, a really great time. Uh, it's going to be a close race between uh, Obi-John and Commander Scott for uh, first place. Yeah, I'm not feeling the pressure at all. It's fine. I'm Cause, good. Because I, I don't know. I set, I set a Cineplex today. But I have a feeling that it's going to change tomorrow. But I just wanted to get something in uh, just so that I could say that I had something locked in for now. Uh, but it'll probably change. At least once. I'm not I'm not falling. I'm, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of my strategy, too, because I'm $12 million behind. There's no way I'm going to win. Um, there's no way I'm going to get out of third place. Um I'm not banking on this Mark Wahlberg movie. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I can't I can't do it. It's not going to make a lot of money. It's not going to be good. It's going to be interesting this week. So yeah, we'll see. Next week we'll have the full complete. We've been doing this for 6 weeks. Uh this will be the 6th weekend. Uh, our box offices close Friday at noon Eastern time. So this is going to be, it's coming down to the wire, man. So we're going to see what happens, but next week we'll have the full results. We'll, we'll be able to kind of, uh, you know, talk about the process and, uh, talk about what we learned, how much fun it was. And then we'll have a couple weeks before we start it back up again. And this one's going to go for a little bit longer. So hopefully you've learned something. Don't leave open screens. Yeah. $2 million a piece. You get a hit. $2 million. Don't bet on Mamma Mia. No, I yeah. tried for like three weeks in a row and it the, just failed the one me. one week I got fourth, I bet on Mamma Mia. Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> you dick. I actually think I didn't bet on Mamma Mia and that's why I beat someone that week. <laughs> Uh yeah, there's there's a couple uh, little known things like um, best performer and uh, I think for the, the, the next one... We're going to institute worst performer because that's when I we did not turn it on on this league. But you get a penalty if you pick the one that's overpriced hmm. instead of the one that because the best performer is if you pick the one that has the best box office to dollars ratio, you get a bonus. And there's an option to turn on worst performer, which is the literally the exact opposite is you get a penalty for if you buy the most overpriced underperforming to have one that has the worst ratio. So there's some interesting stuff that we're going to we're going to mess around with. We're going to try. Um, don't know it. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but uh, everybody should play next season because it has been a whole lot of fun. Everybody needs to come up with fun Cineplex names for next time. But it's neither Flanagan's, here. Flanagan's anal lube. Yeah. Uh, step into the back of the uh, the unmarked van and uh, put your nuts up on the overhead projector. Let's get this party started. Cineplex. <laughs> I don't think it's going to fit on the sign. Might have to abbreviate that. We might have to. I don't know. Somebody put the abbreviation for that and write it in the comments because I'm not going to do it. And I think we're into overtime now. I think we're uh, we're well past our we're 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 definitely past our best buy date, but we're not 
past our whatever the the toxic one date whatever that joke failed all right so i think we're done with this episode <laughs> i had something i forgot how it goes whatever everybody obi john yes koran thank you guys very yeah. much for being here thank you uh for all of your contributions on this fun episode everybody who's listening live and stuck through it all dear god what's wrong with you and thank you very much everybody who listens to the whole thing we like to say what we always say in our own special way that we learned from tv land and it goes a little something like this Thank you.